I said, it's all right. Amen. Turn your Bibles with me to look, look, the seventh chapter and the 26th verse. The 26th to the 35th verse. And there you will find my assignment for this morning. Luke chapter number 20, no, chapter number 7, verse 26, all the way to 35. But what did you go and see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, more than a prophet. This is he of whom is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. For I say to you, among those born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. But he who is the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. And when all the people heard him, even the tax collectors justified God, having been baptized of the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected <clears throat> Sorry, rejected the will of God for them, not having been baptized by him. And the Lord said, to what then shall I liken the men of this generation? What are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace, calling to one another, saying, we have played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We have mourned to you, and you did not weep. For John came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say he has a demon. The son of man has come eating and drinking, and you say, look, a glutton, a wine bibber, a friend of tax collectors, and sinners. Verse 35. Let's read verse 35 together. Ready? Go. But wisdom is justified by all her children. Wisdom is justified by all her children. What it means is that wisdom has children, right? And the children justify the wisdom or the thing that wisdom carries. Amen. I don't know whether you understood the English I just said. The children justify the Virtue that is in wisdom. Amen. In, in Matthew chapter 7, let's look at Matthew 7, verse 16 to 18. There Jesus said that you will know them by their fruits. Do men gather the grapes from the thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruits, but a bad tree bears bad fruits. The good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruits. The subject for our consideration this morning is wisdom is justified by her children. Amen. I said wisdom is justified by her children, which means that you will know a man's wisdom by the way they carry themselves by their characteristics, by the things they do, by the, 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 the behavior they put up. You would know whether this person is a wise man or is not a wise man. Amen. Remember that we talked about two types of wisdom. How many remember? 
We said two types of wisdom. But before I go into all that, I want us to look at this, this uh, context or the story that we've just read. In, the, in, the, in the, uh, Luke chapter 7, the Bible says that John the Baptist sent his servants to go and ask Jesus, are you he who is to come? Or should we look for another? And when the servants came, Jesus said to, to uh, the servants of John the Baptist, go and tell John what you see. How the blind are healed, that those who are sick are healed and all that. And then when they left to go tell John the message, the Bible says that Jesus turned around and he asked the people, what did you go into the wilderness to see? Did you go to see a man who was shallow, a man who was driven like a reed? No. Among all the prophets, there's none greater than John the Baptist. You went to see a man who had substance, a man who was somebody. Amen. He came in a certain way and it looked funny. But he was a man of substance. Then those sinners and tax collectors around there said, ah, they responded to John's message. So they were happy that Jesus had endorsed John's message. In the same way, the people from uh, the, the, the Pharisees, those who are far to see, they said, they, they, they said, we don't accept John. Neither do we accept you, Jesus. And Jesus said a, a riddle or a, a, a parable to them that, listen, you, you, this generation is like, is it okay to come down? He said, this, this generation is like children sitting in the marketplace. They said, we played a song to you and you did not dance. We played a hymn, a, a sorrowful song, a mourning type of song, and you did not cry. What do you want? What, he was try, what Jesus was trying to say is that God used two types of avenues into righteousness. God used two types of avenues to bring us to righteousness. He used the first part, which is John's part, which is a separated part. The Bible says that he was in the wilderness. And behold, a voice crying in the wilderness. If you want to see John, you have to go to the wilderness. And how many know that the wilderness is not a nice place to go to? The wilderness is a place where there is no life. There's nothing. There's just, it's just a desert. It's dry. And he said, that place, I was there with John the Baptist. So those that went into the separatist move to go and see God, to be separated like you go to the camp, you see God, you, you are in, in, in a party, you can also see God. Those who went to the, 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 the camp or the wilderness, they saw. And for those who did not feel that going to the wilderness was where God's presence was, he said, and I sent Jesus who was eating with you the sociable kind, drinking with you, a friend of tax collectors. And he also said, no, he's a gluttonous man, a wine bibber. That one too you don't like. You know, there are some people who will never like God in any form that God presents himself. Whether God presents himself as a very sanctimonious, holy God, he, we will not accept it. When God presents us as a modern, trendy type of person, we still will not pre 
uh, accept him. Why? Because in our mind, we have rejected God. Amen. In our minds, God has been rejected. It doesn't matter how God presents himself. We, don't, we don't, cannot receive him. No way, no how. But he said, Jesus made this statement. Wisdom is justified by her children. Which means that your life must justify your confession. Hallelujah. Don't tell me you are a Christian. Don't have a big cross like my big cross here on your neck. That doesn't show anything. I want to see your confession in your actions. I want to see what you profess in your behavior. I want to see it in your lifestyle, in your manner. The way you carry yourself must tell us that you are a Christian. Don't tell me you are wise. Everyone in this room will say that we are wise people. Isn't that true? Which one of us will say, indeed, I'm a fool? Nobody will say I'm a fool. We will all say that we are wise people by saying your wisdom or your profession of your wisdom is not by how loud you say you are wise. You can say to the cows come home, it won't make you wise. What makes you wise is your action. Your actions. You see, a, 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 a life, a life choice or a lifestyle is a series of choices we make. Life is about choices. Are you with me? Every minute of the day, you are making a choice. And see, a choice sometimes can be a habit. Are you with me? So, you are really a summary of the habits you have formed. We have good habits and bad habits. A good habit can easily be formed just as a bad habit can easily be formed. In fact, it's more difficult to drop a bad habit are you with me? But you see, if you have a bad habit and you want to drop a bad habit, the easiest way to drop a bad habit is to superimpose a good habit on a bad habit. Hallelujah. I'll give you an example. How many want examples? Say, for instance, you are somebody who picks your nose. How many will agree that picking your nose and putting your mouth is a bad habit? Hello? Don't, don't visualize it. Just, just accept it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Picking your nose and licking it is a bad habit. <laughs> Amen. And if you are somebody who has formed that habit, even though you know it's a bad habit, it's not easy to stop it. Anytime you are in front of people or you are idle, before you realize your finger is going up your nose. How many know people like that? Only one person knows. Yeah. And you see, if you are somebody like that, what you need to do is instead of trying to stop your finger from going to your nose, anytime your finger is going up, let your finger just brush your, your face or something. The more you do it, the more you do it, it forms a new habit. Where the finger doesn't now go into the nose, but it goes... Hallelujah. But that is not what I'm talking about. All I'm saying is that our lives are 
a series of the habits we have formed. Some people just lie for the sake of lying. Even when there's no need to lie. Because they've lied so much. They don't even, they can't even differentiate the truth from a lie. The, the lie is their truth. How many know somebody like that? I mean, they lie. For, there's no reason to lie, but they lie. It, it, it's, it's a habit, which is a choice, that has been formed over time, which becomes a character trait, which defines who they are. So Jesus said that it is not what comes out of you that it's not what goes into you that defiles you, but what comes out of you is what defiles you. The thing that is part of your characteristic, your character trait, the thing that comes out of you is the thing that actually makes you. So those things are your children. Hallelujah. So the children of a wise man brings out wise decisions, wise choices. Hallelujah. The children of a foolish man Brings out foolish choices, foolish decisions, and it becomes a, a habit of foolishness. The Bible describes a man called Belial, the husband of uh, Abigail. He said that as Nabal, Nabal, so Nabal, Nabal, the wife of the husband of. Abigail, he says that as his name is, so is he. The word neighbor means foolish. His, his name, names are very important. So always check the meaning of your name. And for, for some of us, when our parents were giving us names, they weren't saved or they were ignorant. So they chose some, some names that have negative meanings. So once you are grown, you can change the name or change the meaning of the name. Hallelujah. So change some, some things about you. Hallelujah. But you see, as his name is, he makes foolish choices, foolish habits, and he gives forth foolish characteristics. Amen. How many are with me so far? Yeah. We, we are, we've been talking about wisdom. And, we, and I said to you that there are different types of wisdom. We have the world's wisdom. And we have the wisdom that comes from God. We have looked at the characteristics of godly wisdom. Maybe for, 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 for the sake of uh, our talk today, let's revisit some of the characteristics of the world's type of wisdom. How many remember? We looked at it in James chapter 3. Was it James chapter 4 or James chapter 3? Come with me to the book of James. James chapter 3 verse 14. It says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct. See, if you are a wise person, James is saying that show it by your behavior, your good behavior. Let the man show by his good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom 
does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. Which means that this type of wisdom that makes you envious, wisdom that is self-seeking, is self-aggrandizing, try to project self, is not the wisdom that comes from God. Amen. And it says that for where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality or without hypocrisy. Now, the fruits of righteousness are sown in peace by those who make peace. So, in this little scripture, there are eight characteristics of earthly wisdom that is displayed here. Amen. Can you see it? The first one is what? Look at it. You will see it. The first one is in verse 14. Bitter envying. Can you see that? That's the first one. It says what? Bitter envying. How many would say that the world is full of bitter envying? Isn't it true? People are just envious and bitter. The next one is what? Self-seeking. How many will agree that the world is full of selfish people? People are always looking for their interests. You see, politics, when you see all these political parties, they talk about, we love the country, we want them to build the nation, we want the APC says that they want to build the nation, uh, what is it called? PDP said that, no, we are coming to sweep up all the corruption, we want to build the nation. You know, uh, PPP says that we are coming to do CPP, OPP, NPP, WPP, all those type of peace are not really what they say they are coming to do. That is why we are still being sold a lot of hope and being disappointed. Isn't it true? It doesn't matter what the, the country is, what the continent is. All politicians, when they come, all they are coming to say is a lie. Because really, they are self-seeking. Are you with me? Brexit, the Brexiteers came and gave us a whole lot of advantages that we will gain when we pull out of uh, Europe. We'll be, we'll be happy, we'll be better, we'll be more prosperous, everything will work better, and then we voted for them. Only to realize that they didn't even know what they were talking about. And rather we'll be worse off. And now that we are being, we are worse off, they've all disappeared. Now those champions of uh, Brexit, we can't hear their voices anymore. They are hiding. Are you with me? The wisdom of the world is self-seeking. It is always about them. When anybody is telling you something, ask yourself, what is is in it for them? Oh, if you go with our policy, you will be better off this way. You'll be better. No, no, no. Read between the lines. Be smarter than that. They are selling you insurance. No, no, no. Don't look at the, the headings, the headlines. Read in between the small prints. 
the terms and conditions. See, they will write about 12 pages. Big, big, big. And then small, 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 12 pages of those. And then they'll write big one page with five, uh, what do you call it, paragraphs of the, the nice things you will get. And then they give you 12 whole pages, front and back, of small things you can't read. Those are the important things to read. Because that is what will tell you what they are going to gain. If you're only gaining five paragraphs and they are gaining 27 paragraphs, then be careful. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, am I talking to somebody? Yeah. yeah. So, so, you see, don't allow the world's type of wisdom. Don't be, be fascinated or taken in by the world's type of wisdom. Amen. When you get on this course, you will have you know, you come out, all those who have done this course, they came out with uh, good grades and they got good jobs and everything. No, listen, hear what they are saying and say, okay, show me those who have passed and where they are. You would probably realize that that course was made up. It's not a real course. You know, five lecturers come together you do sociology, you do politics, you do uh, uh, acupuncture. Yeah. Then they, 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 they mix socio-political acupuncture. They say it's a course. Let's do it. And then they'll give you ten reasons why it's the best course. Because you are getting the best of three worlds. All it is is that three lecturers have come together and they've put a course down so they can get money. You've gone quiet. <laughs> You'll be sought after. It's not true. It is not true. It's just three lecturers have come together and formed a course. That course doesn't exist anywhere. Anytime they give you a course, check other universities whether they have the same course. If they don't have it, then that course doesn't exist. They made it up. How many know what I'm talking about? This is sandwich course, you know, all this sandwich course. Bread, butter, course, all the, they are all lies. <laughs> shortcut to something, short, you know, no, there's nothing like shortcut to anything. Some of you are doing some of this course, as I'm preaching, I'm going, I should have read the small print, sorry. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. 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 So you see, the, 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 the wealth type of wisdom is self-seeking. Anybody who is self-seeking, if your mindset is all self-seeking, you won't achieve much. That is why the world is struggling. Because every, have you not realized every country is self-seeking? The so-called donor countries. Have you heard of donor countries? So they say they are going to uh, developing countries to help. And they say, here, take $2 billion for your roads. $2 billion for this, $2 billion for that. Listen, there is nothing like free lunch. Nobody buys anything for free. Nobody gives you free $2 billion. What is in it for them? You realize that 
out of the two billion they are giving to this particular nation, they have strings attached. And the strings are you can only use this two billion to buy products from us. You can only use our expertise. You can only use our labor. Are you with me? And we must have access to your this and that and that. So you see, we are giving two billion with one hand, and we are taking twenty billion worth of things from you. And because you are plain and you are you are not very, you don't think deep. You also sign. Oh, we have done a very nice project, and then you do. Then you see all the foolish politicians. They are selling the future of their children's children's children for two billion. And you see, when they are laughing, it's because they also have a percentage. Because they give them, you know, like two pounds or three pounds out of the two billion. When I say three pounds, three percent. So the three percent to the man is about three hundred thousand that he's never seen before, or three million that he's never seen before. So he sells the whole country for three million that he's going to put in his pocket. And then somebody also comes. He to go and sign another useless contract and collect, you know, some four, four billion. And then they will come and brag. We collected two, you collected four. We are better than you. And then people are killing themselves for that. Wisdom from the world is self-seeking. And the next one is that it is boastful. The wisdom of this world carries a lot of, you know, when you see somebody who is very boastful, know that they are exhibiting the wisdom of this world. You know, somebody will will starve to buy a car just to show off. They buy the car. Very expensive. They don't don't have money to buy petrol. (laughs) For two years, they haven't done insurance. (laughs) Because it's all a show. To boast. How many have seen yourself in your car before? You sat in the car, you saw yourself going. How beautiful you, you look when you are driving the car away. You don't see yourself driving. All you see is the dashboard, isn't it? And the dashboard is the same. Almost all the cars, their dashboards are the same. So that, you know, when, when you see somebody in the car, it's like, ah, when I go, drive this car, people will see that I'm a big person. But you won't see. Have you not realized that the cars that are extinct in certain parts of the, can, the world, they are not extinct in other parts? No, nobody buys four by four in this type of the world. Because it's a very useless type of car. In fact, they are the cheapest cars to drive here. Like Nissan, Patrol, Mr. Isuzu. We don't drive them here. Because it's, it's not, it's about demand and supply. It's four, four liter, five liter type of car. Who drives it? But in another part of the world, when you drive that, then it's like you have arrived. It means you are, you are the, amongst all the ogres, you are the chief ogre. Can you see how our wisdom is all boastful related? It's got a lot of boast in it. 
Next verse. What was the next one? Lying against the truth. How many will, will agree with me that our world's type of wisdom is smartness? How you are smart, your friend. Isn't it? How you are smart, your friend. How you are smart. Everybody is trying to pull a fast one on another person. Everybody is trying to do something that will make them, you know, get one over somebody. Hallelujah. You see, that type of wisdom, that type of wisdom, you see, there is always an end to that type of wisdom. That type of wisdom always does not end well. I am telling you, if you are somebody who oppresses that type of wisdom, in the end, you'll be the loser. Always trying to outsmart somebody. What was the next one? Oh, I have, I have, I have uh, number one, bitter envy. Number two, strive. Number three, glory in what they say, boast, boastful. Number four, earthly wisdom has only this world in view. The only thinking about the now, the present. I, I said to you that it does not end well. How many know of stories of people who have smarted the whole country, have smarted the whole, and they ended up poor or ended up disgraced? It's, normally that's how it ends. Amen. Next one. Sensual, living only to satisfy their animal in them. The animalistic nature. Like, uh, 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 you see the politicians that are, are always, they want to do politics to get money so that they can chase little girls. Oh, you don't want me to go there. You don't want me to go there. All the ambition is to get into politics. If you really sit down with them, it is not because they love the nation. It's not because they want to make a difference to the world. It's because they want to get some money and get some, you know, type of cars that they, when they stop a girl, the girl just comes and then runs in. <laughs> uh, next one. How many? They are demonic, devilish in nature. That's number six. Number seven. Confusion. They bring a lot of confusion. And number eight, that's verse 16. It says that every evil thing are there. Every evil thing. Have you not seen that they say they will stop corruption, they will stop suffering and pain, they will stop the evil that is in the in the in the world? But guess what? When they come, it increases. You bring somebody else, we are going to stop evil, we are going to stop corruption. When they come, it doubles. That is the earthly wisdom. Amen. So we are going to look at the children of the godly wisdom to see how this, this particular type of wisdom will impact on us. And my, my prayer is that we will adopt these children. Amen. I say my prayer is that we will adopt these children. Come into Proverbs 8. We'll see the children of wisdom. 
in Proverbs chapter 8. How many want to meet the children of wisdom? The godly wisdom. Proverbs chapter number 8. Let's start from verse 12. So I'm going to read from verse 12 all the way to 19, and then I'll pick one of the, the first child, and we'll talk about the first child, and go home. Is that okay? I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and find out knowledge and discretion. Hallelujah. Now, this is telling us that wisdom is a personality. Amen. And how many remember we met the person of wisdom? We said Christ is the power and the wisdom of God. Number 13 says, verse 13 says that the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance and the evil way, evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. Counsel is mine sound and sound wisdom. I, I am understanding, I have strength. By me, kings reign and rulers decree justice. By me, princes rule and nobles. Princes rule and nobles. All the judges of the earth. I love those who love me. And those who seek me diligently will find me. Riches and honor are with me. Enduring riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold. Yes, than fine gold. Hallelujah. Amen. And my revenue than choice silver. Hallelujah. My revenue is better than choice silver. The first wisdom, the first child of wisdom we we saw is in verse number 13, isn't it? The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Amen. How many know that the fear of God is the first child of God, of of wisdom? Proverbs chapter 9 verse 10, Proverbs chapter 15 verse 33, all say the same thing. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. That's Proverbs 9, 10. Proverbs 15.33 says that the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. And before honor is humility. Amen. Have you found it? Proverbs 9 and 10. That's the first one. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Amen. And the second one, Proverbs 15.33 says that the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom and before honor is humility. Amen. So what does it mean to say the fear of the Lord? The word the fear of the Lord has two um, meanings in the Hebrew and the Greek. Let me give you for those who are Bible students. The Greek verb for wisdom is yare. That's Y-A-R-E. Which means to fear, to respect, and to reverence. Amen. 
to fear, to respect, and to reverence. And the Hebrew noun of wisdom is yirah. That is Y-I-R-A-H. Which is, this is the fear that acknowledges God's good intention for us. The fear that acknowledges God's good intention for us. So the, the two are, are both Greek, uh, both Hebrew, Yare and Yira, are both uh, Hebrew that connect the reverential fear of God and the fear, respect, and reverence of God. Hallelujah. Then the Greek noun is Phobos. That's P-H-O-B-O-S. That means reverential fear, wholesome dreading of displeasing God. Amen. So when we talk about the fear of God, somebody's asking, what is all these uh, big, big words that you are, you are saying? What does it mean? The, the fear of God is not just being afraid of God. Do you know there are two types of fear of God? We have the holy fear of God, and then we have the evil fear of God. Amen. There is an evil fear of God. When you come to um, James, James chapter 3, how many remember when we were looking at James? We said something in James that demons tremble at the name of James chapter 2 verse 19. Say that you believe there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and they tremble. So demons are afraid. Do you know some people who are afraid of God so they won't go to church? Because they are bad boys and girls. So because of that, they don't do, they and church don't have any correlation. When you invite them to church, they say, no, no, I don't do church. Because <laughs> the day I enter church, maybe uh, uh, something will happen to me. Maybe God will strike me dead because of the things that I have done or I do. That is a bad type of fear. Are you with me? In Revelation chapter 21 verse 8, the Bible says that and the fearful and the cowards and liars will find their place but the cowardly and unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall find their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. This is the second death. So you see, People who are afraid, the bad fear, it's a sin. It's a sin to be afraid of God. I'm afraid of God. I don't, I don't want to. You know, there are some people, they don't do God. They don't want anything to do. See, communion. Hey, I don't touch communion. You know, like, let's pray. No, no, I don't do prayer. They won't go near the Bible. I had, I had a certain boss. Hey, hey, one day we're talking. I don't know how. Uh, 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 Bible came into the conversation and she said as for me I read the Bible I only read Psalms and the Gospels by revelation I don't read it because my priest said that it's a very dangerous book so they ask, she's, she's never gone to revelation she's scared of revelation just in case she goes there and God strikes her dead it sounds funny but, but actually, somebody actually told me that. Hallelujah. You see, there is a type of 
fear that is not is illogical. There has no reason to it. It's like I'm afraid, so I don't want to have anything to do with you. And then there's a certain type of fear that's because I have already disrespected you, so I don't want to come anywhere near you. How many understand what I'm saying? Yeah, but that's not the type of fear that we are talking about. The first child of wisdom is the fear of God that reverence God, respects God, acknowledges God. You know, we, we, we said this month is a month of the presence of God. You know, there, is, there are two types of presence of God. We have the presence of God that's in it and then the manifest present. So we have the manifest presence of God and then the manifold presence of God. He says in the last passage of Matthew, behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. It means it's a manifold present. God is everywhere. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in their midst. I am in their midst. I, 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 I am there. Anywhere you go, the, the, the psalmist said that even if I make my bed in hell, there you are. God is everywhere. If I take the wings of the morning and I fly, even into the highest height, there God is. If I go and hide in the sea, God is there. If I go to the, hell, the grave, hell, God is there. God is everywhere. That's the manifold presence of God. Then we have the manifest presence of God, where God manifests his presence. It's tangible. You feel God. You, you, it's like, I can feel God here. It's a presence of God. And you see, that presence of God, it, it's in a place where the fear of God exists. It's in a place where sin is not tolerated. It's in a place where God is loved and respected. How many know that if the queen was to come into this uh, was into this room right now. We, even if we feel like we will get up. How many know what I'm talking about? If you feel like we will get up. But you see, when we come to church, we go, we come. If I say, shall we rise to our feet right now to pray? Which is where we are going to really interact with God. You see, there are some people, their habit when we stand, I have to walk. When we stand, I have to go to the back to we will. When they stand, I mean, you have kept the wee for 35 minutes. Is it another three minutes that you can't wait? How many are keeping some wee Don't lift up your hand. <laughs> how, how many understand what I'm saying? You, you, you see, it's because we have never respected the presence of God. That's how come we don't experience the presence of God the way we need to experience him. We don't, we cannot see God, so we behave anyhow. But Hebrews chapter 4 verse 13, put, put Hebrews 4 13 on. He says that all things are open and naked to the eyes of him of to whom we must give account. He sees us even when no man sees. 
He sees us. He's there with us. If you hide in your bedroom, under your bed, he's there. You see, as for, as for me, you can trick me. In fact, even when you are tricking me, I will, will close my eyes for you. Oh, yeah. Someone I see, I haven't seen. Because I'm not your personal Holy Ghost. <laughs> Nobody has employed me to chase you around and see whether you went to a disco or you went to drink or you went to... That. No, that's not my, my business. My business is to do what I'm doing, to preach to you and show you the scripture that he sees. Have you seen the emoji that shows eyes? When you know anybody who is always doing dodgy things, just give them that emoji that, and tell them that that's, that's the eyes of God. And you put the scripture, Hebrews 4, 13 to them. So hashtag the eyes and put Hebrews 4, 13. That all things are, have you seen, can you put that emoji there for me? And then put Hebrews 4.13 at the bottom. He sees. He sees where no man can see. Everywhere you are. You know, ask your neighbor. Ask your neighbor, who are you when no one is watching? Ask your neighbor next. Ask your neighbor right now. Ask, 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 your, ask them, ask them, ask them. Ask them right now. Ask them, ask them. What did they say? What did they say? Said, I said, ask Akwesi, what, who are you when no one is watching? <laughs> Have you found the emoji? You haven't found it? No. Oh. Who are you when no one is watching? It's deep. Sunday morning, you are Sister Prinkinston. Friday night, Saturday night, you were Sister Twerky. Good one. Good one. Good one. And put Hebrews 4.13 there. Listen, listen, for, for almost everyone in this room, the day we will see your, your bad behavior and we will catch you, you see you are coming. You come, uh, when you come to church, no. but, but you've been doing this thing all this while and then you come and sit here around parade all the, all the way, way. It just has nothing to do with us. The eyes and put Hebrews 4.13 there. Hallelujah. I see you. He is watching. He is watching you. Hallelujah. I said God is watching you. God is watching you. Understand that if you want the presence of God around you, you must be somebody who is conscious of the presence of God on always. Yeah. 
Be conscious of the presence of God. You see, most of us, we reject the presence of God. We reject anything that does not sit with, well with us. You see, the Pharisees were challenged by John. And they could not, they could not, uh, 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 he, was, he was too radical and too, you know, like out there with his faith and everything. They couldn't touch him. So they, they, they don't want him because he, he will insult you right now. You brood of vipers, liars, who want you to flee from the impending danger. Bear fruit of repentance and not, you know, wearing uh, robes and things here. So immediately they don't like him. Then they see Jesus who loves what God loves. The next thing about reverencing God is learning how to love the things God loves. See, God loves the sinner but does not love the sin. Hates the sin but loves the sinner. For most of us, we hate the sinner without realizing that the sinner is God's Love. For God so loved the sinful world that he gave Christ his only son to die, to pay the, the penalty for the sin. He hates the sin, but he loves the sinner. So if you are somebody who hates sinners, you are a hater of God. And that's the thing that the Pharisees could not understand. The Pharisees could not fathom the fact that they hate sinners and Jesus comes and is, he's eating and drinking with sinners. And that is how come they rejected him. But what they could not understand is that God loves the sinner and not the sin. So anytime Jesus had interaction with a sinner, the sinner repents. The woman through whom seven demons had been cast out was washing his feet with the hair and tears. Zacchaeus, the short man, who was the 419 expert, when he got on again, he said that anything that I have defrauded, I will repay threefold. With interest, I'll pay. And Jesus said that today salvation has come to your house. Because you have turned a new leaf. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? So learn how to. Oh, Allah, Allah, put your hands together for this, these guys. So hashtag put this one on for your, your Facebook and social media. Hashtag. Your, your friends, when they see Hebrews, they'll go and read it. How many, how many are being challenged by that? The eyes. See, even as you are going to a bad place, you remember the eyes. The eyes are following you. I, I used to have a neighbor who sits by the window. Doesn't say anything to anybody. She just sits by the window. As you are passing, she goes. And you can, you can almost feel her through the windows that she's looking at you as you are walking home. So you are trying to look without looking, but she has seen you. And you can feel that she's looking at you. God is like that. Hallelujah. I said God is like that. 
Amen. So let me give you, let me give you a few things. What it means to be, to fear God. Number one, to fear God, that is the good fear of God, is to be terrified to be away from him. The first one is what? To be afraid to be away from him. I cannot do without him. Amen. Number two. Number two is to venerate him. Now the word venerate is a very big word. But let me break it down. To venerate him means to honor him, to honor God. Number, the next one is to respect God. And the third one is to be in awe of God. To be terrified of God. To venerate him, number two. That's to love what he loves and to hate what he hates. Number three, to Tremble at the presence and to be afraid of his word. The word, the word to be, the statement to be afraid of his word, it means not to be terrified of his word, but to be afraid not to do the word. That anything he says, I will do. The songwriter said that where he sends, we will go. What he says, we will do. Never fear, only trust and obey. What he says, I will do. Where he says, I will go. That is somebody who has a reverential fear of God. Amen. The next one. To tremble at at the presence of God. To tremble at his word. To obey what he says what he says, even if it doesn't benefit you. You tremble at his word. It means to obey what he says, even if it won't benefit you. And then the, the, the third one is to obey to completion. You obey even to completion. Amen. So why should we fear God? Why should we fear God? Why should we fear God? Psalm 25 verse 14. Psalm 25 verse 14. I'm closing with this. Why should we fear God? That's reverential fear. He says that the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. And he will show them his covenant. The secret is with them that fear God. Now, can I show you two people that two Christians that exhibited this um, scripture. How many want to see two Christians that exhibited this scripture? The first Christian was called Abraham. And the second Christian was called Lot. They were both Christians. They were both worshippers of God. Right? The Bible says that 
And God said that shall I hide from Abraham that which I am going to do to Sodom and Gomorrah, seeing that he will command his house. So God goes to Abraham and says to Abraham, Abraham, I'm about to go and destroy Sodom and Gomorrah with fire. Remember Saul lived in Sodom? Yes? He didn't go to Lot. Lot was there. He didn't go to him. He came to Abraham. And he said to Abraham, this is what I'm going to do. Abraham said, if you go and you find 50 people, would you kill? Would you still destroy? He says, no, I won't destroy. If we find 50, I'll change my mind. And then he said, no, what about if you find uh, 35? He said, no, still I won't. Okay, what about if, don't be angry with me, what about if you find only 10? He said, if I find only 10. Because Abraham knew that at least Lot is there. And Lot's wife and children, at least they make 10. So what if you find 10? Say, if I find 10, it's cool. Then he goes. He says, even if I find, you find five, you, would you destroy? Please. Say, no, no. If I find five, it's all right. Or as a five, cool job, at least. So, uh, Lot, their wife, their two daughters, and their husbands. That's six. So we'll pass. God went to Sodom and Gomorrah. And what happened? They didn't make five. Was Saul not, was Lot not a, 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 a follower of God? Was Lot not somebody that serves God? So why is it that Lot failed to even know what God was going to do? Most Christians are like Lot. Because we don't reverence, we don't fear the presence of God. We don't fear God. God doesn't tell us anything. We suffer like the unbelievers. We fall the same way as the people of Sodom and Gomorrah fell. Hallelujah. But I pray that from today, you will not be a lot. I say you will not be a lot. You will be an Abraham. Hallelujah. The next two Christians I want to show you is Moses and Israel. Psalm 103 verse 7. And he says that he made known his ways to Moses and his act to the children of Israel. Amen. Can you see that? The, the, the children, for the children of, of uh, Israel, all they knew was the actions God do. That's for us. How many know that we, we are like, some, most of us are like that? All we know about God is the miracles he has done. The blessings he has given. That's all we know. But we don't know the mind of God. Say that Moses knew the mind of God. God. Moses knew what God was going to do before he did it. The third type of Christians I want to show you is in John chapter 15, verse 14. This is, these are the disciples before and after they had interacted with Jesus. In verse 14, he says that you are my friends. If you do whatever I command you. Verse 15 says that no longer do I call you servant. Before he was calling them what? Servants. But he says that now I'm not going to call you servants anymore. For a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all the things that I have heard you've 
All the things that I heard from my father, I have made known, known to you. Amen. You haven't chosen me, I've chosen you. And I've appointed you to go and bear fruit and let your fruit remain. Whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give it to you. So he says that before, they didn't know what God was going to do. Because they had not feared him, obeyed him the way they should have. But now, after they fear him, they obey him, he calls them friends. Now, before I do whatever I'm going to do, I'll tell you. Now you know the mind of God. How many of you think it's wisdom to be a friend of God? How many agree that it is wise to fear God? To be conscious of the presence of God wherever you go. As you are going for the interview, hear what God is saying to you before you go. As you are going along that dark path to your hall, to your, your room, hear God. Feel the presence of God. You feel the presence of God. God will tell you, don't pass there. There is a guy waiting to kidnap you. Or God will go ahead of you as you feel the presence of God. He will, God will just make, how many of you have, you're working a normal day and just felt like praying? Has it happened to you before? You felt like praying and when you prayed, something happened, something changed. It's being conscious of the presence of God that will make a difference in your life. 